Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. Marketing is getting the right message to the right market using the right media. When done effectively, you should be generating the right leads. Once you have the leads, the next step is the actual sales process. Let me start by sharing that no one is a natural-born salesperson. There are six attributes I have identified to be a top-performing, hugely successful salesperson. First, is your ability to communicate effectively. There is a direct correlation between effective communication, productivity, and a company's bottom line. Second is your attitude. Top salespeople have a highly optimistic attitude. The sales cycle is filled with ups and downs. Accepting this, the disciplined salesperson incorporates numerous strategies to stay optimistic, one of which includes positive visualization. That means waking up each day and believing it's going to be a fantastic day. Your prospects and clients can sense whether or not you believe in yourself and your product, which influences in a huge way whether or not a sale is made that day. Third is enthusiasm, which starts within you feeds on a positive mental attitude, and works best around positive and enthusiastic people. You have to treat sales like one of your favorite hobbies. No one but you can discover the compelling purpose or exciting goal that ignites enthusiasm inside of you. However, I do know that enthusiasm recharges itself on momentum. Remember Jerry Reed's popular song, When You're Hot, You're Hot. Believe me, that's so true. The fourth attribute is that sales professionals don't count time, they make time count. Efficiency means doing things right. Effectiveness means doing the right things. When you understand this principle, it should be about every way that you can delegate all of your non-selling tasks like paperwork so that you are freed up to make sales. Imagine if all you have to do is sell. That means more time for prospecting, talking with existing customers who can potentially lead to more sales, and building strategic referral partners. What a concept. Salespeople that have nothing to do but sell. The fifth attribute is that top salespeople work as hard on themselves as on their careers. They treat their bodies like the multi-million dollar machines that they are and take care of them with the same reverence that athletes have for their bodies. Salespeople must handle a lot of stress-related issues such as customer moods, rejection, management pressures, quotas, changes in economy, budgets, delays, and on and on. You must eat well, sleep well, exercise, and do everything possible to rejuvenate and regenerate. To be successful in sales, you have to be in top shape physically and mentally, otherwise you will operate reactively to stress rather than proactively. 
Anyone that owns a business knows that when there are no sales, the stress level goes way up. If you are sick and tired, your ability to make good decisions is non-existent. The sixth attribute is that top salespeople understand the importance of knowledge. You have to have a well-versed understanding of the products and services offered by your company and your competitors. Pricing information and financial facts and figures for your products and those in your prospects industry. Familiarity with the demographics and geographics of your territory. The procedures and policies of your company and your prospects company, those ins and outs. A macro view of the marketplace, such as history, trends, shifts, emerging players, and economic forces. Networking experience that includes formal and informal relationships within market niches and trade associations. Common mistakes made in the past by other companies within your niche, such as giving poor service, growing too rapidly, or taking customers for granted. A realistic assessment of how much time you can devote to new accounts without degrading the quality of your service to existing accounts current profitable accounts so you can identify new prospects in your territory by comparing them to the ones you now serve successfully. The defining factor of what has been traditionally the single best source of your most productive accounts in the past. And finally, doing any type of selling that is not backed by reliable service spells disaster. Your creativity, preparation, sincerity, and reputation will certainly give you an advantage over others in your field if you take serious the entire package, and that package is you. Great salespeople are not born or made. They evolve over time based on their dedication to excellence and their willingness to serve. Now let's jump into the sales cycle. I want you to think of where to direct your focus in this way. There are four areas on which you can focus, self, company, product, or customer. If you focus on the first three, your customer is outnumbered three to one. People who are overwhelmingly outnumbered feel confused and uncomfortable. People who are confused and uncomfortable rarely make buying decisions. I'm going to share something right off the bat that most people in sales do not know, and that is that every salesperson talks about what a prospect needs, and in reality, that prospect wants to talk about what they want. So what's the difference? Well, first, let's talk about needs. It's clear that you can't foster a lot of sales giving decision makers what they don't need. You can't sell landscaping services to someone who lives in a high-rise or software to someone who doesn't have a computer or financial planning to someone with a net worth of two cents. The decision maker's needs are, obviously, a vital part of the sales process and of the buying decision. So needs are related to the application of your product or service. For example, A homeowner might need to lower heating costs, and the application of your hot water heater blanket will do the trick. The owner of a small business might need better cash flow, and applying your account's receivable collection program could get the job done. Whatever needs decision makers might have, there's no mystery about them. They're not a secret to anyone. 
when a decision maker tells you what his or her needs are, you're not hearing anything that gives you a big edge over your competitors. Every salesperson in your industry has heard the same story and has the same information. Decision makers are very aware of their needs and will talk about them openly because those needs are directly related to their buying decisions. It's rational for the decision maker to satisfy his needs. It makes sense to lower heating costs or to improve cash flow. All decision maker needs are objective. They're not based on theory or conjecture, and given enough information, any intelligent person can figure them out. Of all the needs decision makers have, some of them are related specifically to the type of product or service you and your competitors are selling. Does your product solve their immediate problem? So the trap that most salespeople fall into is that they talk only about the decision maker's needs, which you gain absolutely no differentiation from your competitors. Guess what? Every salesperson talks to the decision maker about the same set of needs. Think of it this way. Every salesperson hears from the decision maker, I need X. When the time comes to say what you can do for the decision maker, you say, I can give you X, which the decision maker has heard from not just you, but all of your competition as well. You all sound the same, boringly and predictably similar. And since there is no real differentiation, the decision maker starts to hammer you on price. Who can blame them? They have no other basis on which to make a buying decision, so they choose price. If everyone can give you X, you might as well pick the cheapest one. Why not? Any rational person would do the same thing. Now let's talk about the other side of the coin, the one that no one ever deals with, wants. How do they differ from needs? In contrast to needs, which are application-related, decision-maker wants are personal in nature. For example, our business owner earlier that had a need for better cash flow and was considering the account receivable collections program actually wants personal independence so she can keep collecting a respectable paycheck and have no boss attached to it. That's great for the entrepreneur personally. Wants are personal very personal, which explains why decision makers choose to reveal their wants to the salesperson less than 2% of the time. They just don't talk about them the way they talk about their needs. It's not a big conspiracy. The reason is that most decision makers have no real idea how much their wants influence the buying decision. As a result, they ignore the subject of wants because they perceive it as irrelevant to the purchase. It isn't. By understanding this fact, you have an opportunity to gain an advantage over your competitors. This should get you excited. Wants are big emotional issues for decision makers and in most cases have very little relationship to rational priorities or concerns. To go back to that entrepreneur, she values personal independence over almost everything else. Money, power, prestige, security, and so on. Instead of being fact-oriented like needs, wants are tied into the decision-maker's perceptions, and wants are not product or service specific. Think of them as the emotional baggage decision-makers carry with them into every sales interaction and every buying decision. 
Consider the entrepreneur again. The entrepreneurs want personal independence so she can collect a respectable paycheck and have no boss attached to it can be applied to every product or service in the world. So let's boil this down. What you're looking at is the decision maker's buying decision. Both needs and wants are present and both are crucial because wants have as much influence over the buying decision as needs do. The salesperson who understands that has the key to the fundamental principle of successful selling. Decision makers are most eager to buy what they need from salespeople who understand what they want. After this break, I'm going to come back and I'm going to give you some more awesome concepts about being a top-rated sales professional. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own, or worse, using one of those $99-plus state fee sites? First, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should, like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes? For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put a proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started in the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779 or visit sageintl.com. Hello, I'm Brian Cushing, Senior Loan Officer at Guild Mortgage. Join me and the rest of the Nevada Real Estate Radio team. I love talking about my specialty, the mortgage world, and how we help families in Northern Nevada accomplish their dreams of home ownership. Make sure you totally understand before you sign on the dotted line. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio, Thursday, 3 p.m., Nevada Real Estate Radio. Guild Mortgage Company is an equal housing lender. Company NMLS number 3274. NV Banker number 1076. NV Broker number 1141. Brian Cushing NMLS number 303045. Telephone number 775-453-0345. Located in 6990 South McCarran Boulevard, Suite 200. Reno, Nevada 89509. All loans subject to underwriter approval. Terms and conditions may apply. Subject to change without notice fun for all ages and the illustrations bring the stories to life fun for all ages natakwa news pick up your copy today natakwa remember earlier i said one of your best tools was your mouth and the ability to communicate your ability to ask the right questions in the right way is paramount questioning is such an important communication skill which actually simplifies the sales process Well-phrased questions help prospects reveal their thoughts and feelings, which gives you tremendous insight into their needs, motivations, business climate, and fears. The conversation stimulated by your questions will smooth the way for the building of a business relationship and will help you manage tension, build trust, uncover a prospect's needs and wants, and identify behavioral style. Asking questions is similar to painting a picture. If you were to set up a canvas to paint a breathtaking vista, what would you paint first? 
Using a large brush, you'd paint the background. Then you moved to smaller brushes to paint small details, and as time went by, you would keep reducing the size of your brush to paint smaller and smaller details. Questioning begins the same way. You start with a broad brush, that is, an open-ended question. An open-ended question is one that requires a narrative for an answer. The question gets the prospect involved in the conversation immediately. A closed-ended question requires only a yes, no, or brief factual answer, such as a number. Open-ended questions have the following characteristics and uses. They cannot be answered with a simple yes or no. They begin with what, why, where, how, who, or when. They do not lead the person in a specific direction. They increase dialogue by drawing out the prospect. They help the prospect discover things for himself. They can be used to encourage the prospect to think about your product or service. They create a situation in which the prospect will reveal his or her behavioral style. Open-ended questions should be phrased thoughtfully. Do not just ask, how's business, or how are you doing today? You want to ask questions that require thought and a sincere answer. Here are some examples. What are some of the ways you would like your office to be more efficient? Tell me about your current billing system. When you have finished painting the background that is gathering information with a broad, open question or two, it's time to be more specific. Ask more focused open or closed questions at this point. Close-ended questions allow your prospect to answer quickly and to the point. They have many uses. They extract simple and specific facts. They are useful for giving feedback during a conversation. They are used to gain commitments and gather specific information. They can be used to direct the conversation in specific directions. An example of a close-ended question, would you prefer delivery on the weekend or during the week? Use clarifying questions to restate a prospect's remarks or refer directly to them. They are a form of feedback. So, you'll be here on Tuesday? They express in different words what the prospect just said. They invite the prospect to expand or clarify an idea previously expressed. They help clarify ambiguities and broad generalizations. They uncover what is on the prospect's mind. Directional questions steer the conversation in other directions to navigate your way through the prospect's situation to a destination that will reveal his needs and wants. The conversation should be handled in logical steps. This might be where statistics or a broader example could be used. They ask for specific information to determine the prospect's need for their product or service. Information gathering is a tool of a successful salesperson. If you ask questions that give you the big picture of the prospect's business, you start to act as a consultant rather than a pusher of products or services. This is the strategy of preeminence, a powerful yet simple strategy that almost single-handedly can transform your business or career. It makes people enthusiastic to do business with you instead of your competitors. It will give you an uncanny insight into what people want and why they act and react in various ways. It will turn clients into literally friends for life. And it will strengthen your passion and connection to everyone with whom you associate. The strategy of preeminence is quite simply the ability to put your prospects and or clients' needs 
always ahead of your own. When you master that, your success will naturally follow. Consider the definition of these two words. Customer, a person who purchases a commodity or service. Client, a person who is under the protection of another. If you use the word customers, that's fine, but always think of them as clients. And when you start to serve clients rather than sell clients, the limits on your business success will disappear. What exactly does under your protection mean? In this case, it means that you don't sell them a product or a service just so you can make the largest one-time profit possible. You must understand and appreciate exactly what they need when they do business with you, even if they are unable to articulate the exact result themselves. Once you know the final outcome they need, you lead them to that outcome. You become a trusted advisor who protects them, and they have reason to remain your client for a lifetime. Let me illustrate. When a father comes into your store to buy a six-year-old son his first bicycle, what is he looking for? What does he need? Does he just want a bicycle? No, he's looking for one of the most joyful sharing experiences of a lifetime, teaching his son how to ride a bike. Just like his father taught him to ride a bike when he was six, he's looking for a memory that will last for the rest of his life and his little boys. He's looking for that once-in-a-lifetime moment when his son, smiling ear to ear and speeding down the street, yells, Look, Dad, I'm riding a two-wheeler. So do you sell the father and his son the top-of-the-line, highest-profit-margin bike in the store? Maybe, if that's the best solution to your client's problem. But you definitely should tell the father that you've seen hundreds of dads come in to buy their child's first bike, and you know what a wonderful experience he and his son are about to have. And possibly, a less expensive model would be better for his son. It's the little guy's first bike, and he may crash it into a tree. You make the sale, and you just became a trusted advisor to the father. The father realizes you didn't just sell him a product. You protected him. He became a client. In a couple of years, his son will need a new bike. Where do you think he'll go to buy it? Maybe the entire family will want bikes to ride together. The strategy of preeminence doesn't apply only to selling. It's just as important to anyone in any business situation. From the receptionist to CEO, this strategy should be used as a basis for dealing with everyone. Everyone becomes a problem solver, not a problem bringer, just by adding value to every task you undertake. One of the biggest mistakes people make in business is that they fall in love with their product, service, or company. Certainly, you should have passion around those things, but bottom line, you have to fall in love with your clients. This means taking responsibility for their well-being, putting their best interests ahead of your own. Most people think, what do I have to say to get people to buy? Instead, you should be saying, what do I have to give? What benefit do I have to render? The more value you give others, the more value you generate not only for your clients, but for yourself. The more contributions you make to the richness of the lives of your clients, the more bonded you will be to them and they to you. Your focus should clearly state to the prospect and client, you matter, your well-being is important to me. See yourself as becoming an agent of change, a creator of value, 
a value contributor. Next week, we're going to continue our conversation about your working too hard to make the sale. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business. Tune in next week, same time, same station, for The Sherry Hill Show. If you love teaching and want to make a difference in the lives of our young children, become a teacher at Community Services Agency. Hi, my name is Shirley Davila. I work here at um, CSA Head Start for three years. And I love working here because I love working with kids and I love giving back to my community. You will love working at Head Start. Please call us at 775-786-6023.